Well, I usually start by saying it's great to see you all, but tonight I'll have to say I can see your outline, and it's great to be here. And the one thing that I'm glad I can't really see is the clock. It's not wonderful, but it's great to be with you. And just to share some of the things that the Lord has done in my life, as well as bringing in the Word of God. That's more important, because no matter what I say, you need to hear from heaven. If you don't hear from heaven, well, it's a sad, sad day. And I trust that tonight you will hear from heaven in a way perhaps that you have never heard before. And I always start with the greatest joy in all the world is knowing God, knowing him, not knowing about him, not knowing what somebody's told you, but actually knowing God. And the greatest thrill in life is serving him doing what he asks you to do. No matter what it is, doing what he wants you to do. And it was great to hear somebody reading here tonight, somebody singing there. God has got a task for us all to do. And it's great when we say, yes, Lord, I'm going to, well, I'm doing something that I've never done before. And I say, Lord, I'm scared to death, but I'm doing it only because you've told me to do it. That's standing here with a closed Bible, I'm letting you know I've got a Bible, but a lot of it's in here, which is a good thing. If it was up here, I might lose it, but it's in here. So I'll be able to give, give you what's in here. Now, it's a great thing to really know God. Now, it's to do tonight with my calling or your calling. You see, God comes to us when we get saved and give our hearts and lives to him. That's a wonderful day. It's a great day. We're linked to heaven. Well, it's great. We're really linked to heaven, and I think that's wonderful. And once we get linked to heaven, it's so important then. What is the important thing in any calling? It's hearing the voice of God. Well, how do I know the voice of God? You have to become acquainted with God. You have to become acquainted with hearing his voice. Some years ago, when I was doing camps for young people, one day I, one of the youngsters came in. He said to me, Auntie, you're always saying, and God said to you this, and God said to you that, and, and God's told you to do this, and God has told you to do that. How do you know the voice of God? How do you know it? Now, that's a very difficult question to answer. So I looked at the little boy because he was all, you know, he really wanted to know. And I said, well, that's a very difficult question and a hard question to ask me. I said, now, there's some people who say the Lord's voice is the sound of many waters. Others say it's a powerful voice. It's a thunder voice. I can't really explain to you the voice of God. But one thing I can guarantee you 
The minute you hear it, you will know it. The minute you hear it, you will know it because you're becoming acquainted with his voice through reading his word, through having contact with him in heaven. You are hearing him talking to you. You see, Jesus Christ, I know we all say he's alive today. He was alive yesterday and alive the day before. I know we're celebrating it, and that's great. But I trust that after this weekend, that next week you'll be as joyful as you are this week because he's still alive. He's still on the throne. He hasn't died. He'll never die again. He died once for all. He cried, it is finished. They put him into the tomb, but he rose again. The stone wasn't, by the way, rolled away to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away to let, to let us see in. He is not here. He is risen. So it's a risen, glorified, exalted Christ that speaks into our hearts and into our lives. And it's not a one-side conversation. Well, you do all the talking, well, God, I would like to do this and I would like to... No, he will tell you what to do. And you converse with him on the subject. And you ask for guidance, you ask, and he will tell you. Not that one or that one. He'll speak to you. And I think that's so wonderful. He calls us by our name. So we know it's not so-and-so and so-and-so. The strange thing is, when he calls us, many a time we'll say, but Lord, you know it's you. You know he's speaking to you. But Lord, like, wouldn't so-and-so be a good one for the mission field? And the Lord said, but I'm not asking so-and-so. They would be, but I'm asking you. And that's where it can become very sticky and very, you know, you've your own plans, but God has his plans. And I can tell you after 72 years of walking with God, his ways are the best ways. Oh, they can be scary. <laughs> they can be very scary, especially when he tells you to leave your home, your all the, all the things that you know and all the people that you know and go to another land where you know nobody. That can be very scary. But here's what he says. I'll never leave you. I will not forsake you. Therefore, we can boldly say the Lord is our helper. The first time the Lord called, when the Lord called me after I got saved and all and had been doing open-air meetings and stuff like that, one day I was on my knees. I wasn't praying. I wasn't that holy. But I was scrubbing the floor. Isn't it wonderful? The Lord always comes to people in the most unusual places. Fishermen fishing, washing their nets, getting things ready for the next day, that, that night's work. But there they were. They were busy. And the Lord doesn't call lazy people. I'll tell you that now. You're not supposed to be lazy if you're a Christian. But he does call people, and it's usually in the most, un where they're doing their mundane things. Uh, Matthew, he was at the seat of customs. He was 
a tax collector and he was collecting the tax, when Jesus came by and he said, follow me. He speaks words that we will understand. And Matthew knew that that was Jesus and Jesus was saying to him, follow me. So he got ready and he followed him. Jesus will come. You see, you can't go anywhere. Take, for instance, Isaiah. Isaiah was in the place where he wasn't asking to go anywhere, but he had a vision of God. Would it be that we would, we would get to that place where visions, we would have visions of our God, and we get it through, the, that book is a revelation of who God is. So the more you want to get to know God and the more you read the book, and that's the written word, but he will make it to become a living word within your heart and within your life. And that is a wonderful experience to know that the voice of God, and you will be able to recognize it because now, as you walk with him daily, you are becoming acquainted with that voice. Isaiah, when he had the vision of God, well, uh, he was overwhelmed and he realized, I'm a, a, an unclean man with unclean lips. Remember, he was a prophet now. I've unclean lips and mine eyes have seen the Lord. And then he, the Lord came, touched his lips, and then he had a, there was a conversation went on in heaven. And the conversation was, who, who will we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah heard it. He was in tune with heaven. And here, God's wanting somebody to go somewhere. And, and I'm, I'm standing, I'm hearing this. Lord, here am I. Send me. You see, Isaiah could have said, all right, I heard it, I'm going to go. No. He knew he couldn't go unless he was sent. Oh, young people, get that into your head. Don't go anywhere unless you are sent by God. That is a very important thing. Hear the voice of God. Get acquainted with God. Get acquainted with what he's saying to you. And don't go anywhere, even if you want to go. I always wanted to be a missionary to India. Well, and I thought, if ever the Lord ever called me, I hope he calls me to India. Well, when I was scrubbing the floor, the Lord said, Marie, I want you as a missionary. And I was a bit like Moses and Jeremiah. Lord, I'm very young. And Lord, I'm very stupid as well. I don't think I could make a grade. But here's so-and-so. And I give the... Like, it's the stupidest thing to do. And I wasn't really stupid then. Giving the Lord a list of names who he could give, who could go, who could go. And maybe they would have given a list of names as well. No, we can't do that. And as I saw, most of these people in the scripture, if you read it, they knew they couldn't go unless they were sent. Now, I got myself all ready because I'm giving my call tonight, not my call on salvation. But I remember I, when the Lord showed me that I was going to be a missionary, 
I wanted to be a missionary in India because I had prayed for the Indian people. I had focused more on that during my lifetime, during my Christian lifetime. And then the Lord changed all of that. And along came a man, Hugh Jemison, and he talked about the faith mission in Canada and how that they needed workers. Now, the need is not the call. You have to hear God saying, I want you to do whatever it is he wants you to do, and you'll go there. Well, I listened to that, and I thought, well, Canada wouldn't be a place I would call, would think anybody would be called to. It's supposed to be a Christian country. So why would you go there? But anyway, when I got home, and I was doing missions then in County Fermanagh with the IEB, and I thought, oh, Canada. Like, I mean, to be a missionary in Canada. And I couldn't get this out of my head. And the Lord said, yes, Mary, but that's where I want you. I, but Lord, I want to go to India. I'm getting ready to go to India. And the Lord said, but I want you in Canada. Well, I had a struggle because by then I had left the, the IUB and I was in between and I was thinking, well, where, like, where could I go? I still feel I should go to India. Well, I got an opportunity to go to India. And the ship and all, I was all ready to go to India. And I thought this was great until again that voice that I'm acquainted with came to me and said, he granted them their request and sent leanness to their soul. Now, the way it opened for me to go, the boat was there for me to get on to and all the rest of it, and I had the money to go. But the Lord said, I sent leanness to their soul. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to go to India. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. You want me to do this, but I want to do that. I was like a Jonah. God said, go there, but I want to go there. And that can happen to any of us. We have our own set ideas. We have our own plans. We have our own purposes. We want to go where we think there's a great need. There's not a need there, but there's a need there. God doesn't see it. You are in the making for eternity. <laughs> it's not that you're going to be somebody marvelous and somebody great. The idea is that God is getting you ready for meet a real eternal meeting with him. And that is very important in life. God, uh, the fact that you go to the mission field doesn't make you any better than the one that has been commissioned to stay at home. We are all being made by God. We are all disciples. We are all following the master. He said, follow me. Follow me. Not the work, not what you think. Follow me and I will make you. I will make you what I want to make you. And he wants to make us all the same. He wants to make us to become more and more like Jesus. That's what his work is. That's what he's trying to make, make him more like a son. So that when the Father looks down from heaven, he sees the stump of the image of his son 
in our hearts and in our lives. And so here we have the call of God. You can't go where you want and what you want to do. You can only go when you're sent. Well, I knew I was being sent to Canada. So I went to Canada. And I was having, oh, it was wonderful then because I realized I was in the very center of the circle of the will of God. And if God said to me in Canada, time's up, Marie, you're coming up, I was in the center of his will, knowing that I was doing what he wanted me to do. But then, you know, the Lord's got wonderful ways of working in our hearts and lives. Now, my testimony and my calling can never be yours. The Lord will come in different, but it will be the same in that you have got to know his voice. And you can't go where you want. You can and you can only go when you're sent. If you're not sent, don't go. But I remember when I was going to Canada, I had it in my heart that God wanted me to go. But I hadn't got a word from the book. And I was a bit concerned about that. But in my heart, I knew, I knew, I knew that I was to go to Canada. And I was preparing then to go to Canada. But the thing that worried me was, now, Lord, your son always fought the devil with the word. And if I land in Canada and I haven't got a word from you and I get myself into trouble... You don't know me if I'm forever getting myself into trouble. But I, I have nobody to call on. Like, I've no business to be there. I, the devil will say, I oh, well, you shouldn't have been here. And he will put all kinds of thoughts into my mind. In my heart, I know you've called me, Lord. But please give me a word from heaven, a word that I will be able to be convinced about. Well, they had a farewell for me in the town with another lady, and we went along, and I still hadn't got any word except what was in my heart, and I'd been accepted in Canada, and that was another hurdle to get over, but I was accepted, and when I got, when I came to the service that night, I still hadn't got a word, a definite word from God, and I was praying hard about that, for that to me is very important especially when you've got to face the enemy, and you will face him whether you like it or not. And so that particular night, there was a hymn, and they sang the hymn, Jesus Saves. And what was one of the lines? Onward, tis the Lord's command. And I said, oh, Lord, that's wonderful. I know now it's onward, and I'm going onward. But where's the word? Oh, the word. I can't say the devil, there's a hymn there. But I can't say, this is the word. And you know what happened? When the preacher got up to preach, you know what he preached? As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. That was God's word to my heart. So I knew if I got into difficulty, Lord, you sent me here. You knew all of this was going to happen. Help! And he helps so it's important to know 
that God has sent you. It's important to continually hear his voice. It's not enough to hear it 30 or 40 years ago. Oh, Lord, save me and get me to heaven. And that's all you know about. And the only thing you know about his voice is when you come to church and somebody gives up. Hear it for yourself. That's the important thing. Hear what God is saying to you. If he's saying you need to be saved, you need to be saved. If he's saying to you, I want you in such and such a place, you need to be in such and such a place. And so as time went on, God started to speak to me. Well, I thought I was for life enough in Canada. And I got it. The will of God is always good. It's always good. There's difficulty, but it's always good. It's the best. It is acceptable. Duncan Campbell came out to Canada to do some meetings to help with the faith mission. And he did, uh, well, during this time now, I had been praying for a revival in Canada. And the Lord had given me a word, and the God whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. I thought, this is wonderful. And I shared it with my co-worker, and I said, I believe God's going to send this revival. And, of course, every mission we had, we were looking for this revival. Then Duncan Campbell came out, and we were talking about revival one day, and he said, you know, Marie, uh, I believe the Lord's going to send revival to Canada. And I thought, this is wonderful, Duncan Campbell. And then the Lord <laughs> whispered in my ear, I told you that. I told you I was sending revival. Duncan Campbell can tell you, but I told you long ago. And that was the point that he said, the Lord will send revival and it'll be Western Canada. It'll not go to the East. And that's where I was working at the time. This is great news confirmed by Duncan Campbell, who was in the revival. Well, during that time that he was there, the Lord started to deal with me again. The Lord never stops dealing because he's getting you to become more like him. And as he dealt with my heart and with my life, he said, Marie, I want you in Africa. What? My response to that was to God, I'm glad that we can, it's not a one-side conversation. You can talk to God and he'll talk back to you on the same ground. Sometimes it's us that goes to another thing. But he will always talk to you about what he wants to say. And I was busy thinking to myself, Africa. I said, Lord, if you send another missionary to that continent, it'll sink. Every missionary I knew was going to Africa. Why not China, or why not Japan, or why not some of these other places? Why Africa? And the Lord said, I want you in Africa. Then I made a pact with God. Not a good deal, not a good thing to do. I said, all right, Lord, you send the revival to, to Canada, and, and, uh, but if you send that, then I'll go. But you must send and then I'll go. That night, Duncan Campbell was preaching. Now, nobody had known, not even him nor my co-worker, nobody knew about me, the Lord, and me dealing about Africa. 
And he pointed straight to where I was sitting. And he said, God is asking you to do something. And you're saying, yes, but. Well, I, uh, my response to that was, Lord, you don't have to tell the whole congregation about what, <laughs> what I'm saying to you. But it was out. And then it wasn't wrong. I said, all right, Lord, I'm sorry. Don't forget to say you're sorry when you're wrong to God. Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And although at this minute I'm not too keen to go to Africa, I want to do your will. Make me willing for the will of God. That's a nice thing that you can do with God. God, all right, in here, he knows our hearts anyway. Don't lie to him. He knows what's in your heart. All right, Lord, it's in here. Uh, uh, this, I'm not too keen, but I want to do your will, so you make me want to want what you want. And, of course, he did. And it wasn't long till I was on my way to Africa where I spent the next 24 years. And I enjoyed every minute of it. But I was only two weeks in Africa when my co-worker, I got a letter from her to say, Marie, it's wonderful. We are in the midst of revival. And I thought, blow me. And here I am trying to learn Afrikaans and they're enjoying God's presence, the fullness of God's presence where they are. But then God showed me something wonderful too. See, God teaches us all these things. He said, Marie, I give you the promise. I didn't say you would be in the midst of it. But I, I've done what I said I was going to do. I've still done that. But the important thing for you in life is more than a revival, is to want to do my will, to do my bidding, to go where I want you to go, to become what I want you to become. And to, uh, and to do the things that I would ask of you. And I thought, well, all right, Lord, I will do my best to keep in tune with heaven. And Lord, help me. Because one time I, I read the verse, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I said, Lord, I don't understand that. That's another good thing. You can come to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand that. I said, well, Lord, like, I've never been in heaven. So I don't know how your will is done up there. If you're asking me to do it on earth as it is in heaven, I don't know because I've never been to heaven. So how is it done in heaven? And through reading the word and through listening to God about the question that I'd ask him, He'll always answer, answer what you've asked, and it's not with a yes or a no or a wait. God's capable of saying more than that. He might say it, but, but he's capable of saying more than that. And the Lord then showed me, no, I, this, is what, this is the way I want you to go. You just listen to my voice, and I will guide you by the skillfulness of my hands. And just listen in to what I have got to say, and it was wonderful how the Lord showed me that in heaven, when the angels, and, and especially Gabriel, who always stood before the Lord, the Lord said to him, I want you to go and tell Mary that she's going to have a child. And his name is to be called Jesus. He didn't say, oh, Lord, there's another one of those angels over there. They could go. 
He did it immediately. In heaven, things are done as God says it. When God says, this is what I want, there's no arguments. They do it. With Marie McCarroll, there's all the arguments of the day. And then in the end, I would do it. And would it be far, far better and save me far more trouble if I had just said, yes, Lord, I don't understand it all, but all right, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Now, here's another thought that the Lord put into my heart. Marie, when I ask you to do something, I also want you to finish it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been reading the Bible for years, and the one thing that I noticed, uh, well, I get my Bible read to me now. I can't see the read, so I've got a wee tutor on you. Just read it, and it reads it back to you. But as they were reading, it was on, it was on the crucifixion, and what happened before the crucifixion, how that they were in the upper room, and the Lord uh, came with a towel and washed their feet. And I started to think about that. I'd never given much thought before. Here they were washing the feet. And it seemed to me of the Lord. Now, Marie, just take the picture. The Lord's in the upper room, and there's the disciples around. And the Lord says, Marie, get a basin and a towel and go around those disciples and wash their feet for them. Well, I would have thought, well, all right. And I would get a nice big dish of nice soapy water, and I would bring my dish, throw the towel over my shoulder. I could picture all of this. Throw the towel over my shoulder, and I'd come to Peter. All right, Peter, put the feet in. I'm going to wash your feet now. I've washed his feet. And then suddenly I take the towel and I throw it to him and say, dry it while I wash his feet. I haven't, I haven't finished the task. The task is washing feet required, not only washing from, with the water on, but also drying it. That was the, a complete. When Jesus did a job, he finished it. Now I can see him on Calvary. And the last word he cried was, finished. Not I am finished. Finished. You see, Jesus only did the things the Father told him to do. Marie McCarroll, in a lot of her life, has been running around doing things that she thought was a good idea. It was never sanctioned in heaven. And through the years I have learned, if it's not sanctioned in heaven, it will not be sanctioned on planet Earth. Even if it's a great idea. If you've made it up, like if you think, you think that's a brilliant idea, and everybody else might think it's a brilliant idea. But what does God say about it? He never told you to do it. And I have asked the Lord, when I look back on some of the things that was great ideas of Marie Micara, Lord, burn them up now, so there'll not be a big, burn, a big bonfire in heaven, because he's going to burn up all that's not of him anyway. So get it burnt up now and start tuning your ear into heaven. And I'll tell you this, when you're getting older, 
you know you're getting nearer to heaven and you want to be more ready for meeting this holy God. You know bits about him and this about him, but you're going to meet him one day. And I, and my desire is I'll be able to stand before him and say, Lord, I have finished the work you give me to do, that you give me to do. Not somebody else said, do that, Marie, you'd be good at that. There'll be people who come telling you you're great at that. But maybe God doesn't want you to do it, he wants somebody else to do it. Or maybe you'll be like me with a towel. Get somebody else involved. All right, you dry the feet and I'll wash his feet. No, you do what God has told you to do. You not only start it, but you finish it. And the wonderful thing is that when we finish what God wants us to do, we and our own hearts will be satisfied. Well, you might say, well, all right, now you're getting on in years. And I was 83 yesterday. <laughs> I feel like 100. But the fact is, when you get older, you become more and more acquainted with that voice. And you know what he wants you to do. But it doesn't make it any easier to do it. But the one thing that the Lord says, I'll never leave you, Marie. I'll not forsake you. And my eyesight started to go about a year ago. I can't read my Bible anymore. Everything I get is read to me. But the one thing that's wonderful, the Lord brings things into my heart and into my life. And the sad thing was, I thought, well, Lord, I can read, I get the Bible read to me, right from a wee gadget I've got. And I was saying, Lord, I'd love to be able to read my books again. I read a lot of Tozer's books. And I thought, I can't even read a Tozer book. I can't read books anymore. And it would be wonderful if I could just even get somebody to read me a book. And you know what happened? The Lord answers everything. Into my hands came, I got the loveliest gadget. It's a wee thing you stick under your glasses and put your book up and it takes a picture of the pages and then reads it back to you. So the Lord answered a prayer again. He said, all right, Marie, you're missing your books, all right. And it was through that that I got about the towel business as well. That came into my heart. The Lord, it wasn't in the book, but I, you see, thoughts that other people have give you th extra thoughts. And those thoughts are planted within your heart. So now I get my Bible read to me. I get there's all wonderful gadgets around. But it's on people to help you. There's Bessie takes me every week to do my shopping. And if I can't read what the instruction says, she comes along and tells me what it says. And then somebody else will tell me what it says, how to cook the thing. But it's wonderful. It, 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 the Lord has given me such peace of mind because I have preached all my life that anything that comes to me has to bypass Jesus first. He's put a hedge around about me. And if it bypasses him, it means he allows it. Now, he's not cruel, but he's teaching. And I've learned a lot through not being able to see properly. I really have. And I've got a real peace of heart and mind because I know this. Jesus said to me many years ago, Marie, I'll never leave you. 
I'll not forsake you. Therefore, I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. He has never left me. He has never forsaken me. And he's always there to help me along life's journey. And even when I do stupid things, he's still there to untangle whatever I've done wrong. He's always there. But the important thing is, the important thing is in life, Lord, let me hear thy voice. That should be something that's within the depth of your being. Let me hear you. Not Marie McCarroll, not anybody else. I didn't finish the story, by the way, about the wee boy. When I said, when you hear it, you'll know it. The next day he came back to me and he said, Oh, Auntie, his face was lit up. I've heard him. I heard him. I said, well, that's wonderful. What did he say? He gave me a sermon as big as your arm. He went on and on and on. This is what Jesus said. This is what he said. And I thought, I'll make it a wee bit difficult for him. I said, well, tell me something. Would you rather hear my voice or hear the voice of the Lord? <laughs> and he looked at me and said, like, Auntie, you tell good stories, but uh, I'd rather hear his voice. Great because my voice will not always be with you. I'll be going back home when you're left on your own. Hear his voice. That's the most important thing. Go where he wants you to go. Don't go unless he tells you to go. No matter how great the need may be, some people say the need is a call. No, God's quite capable. And don't think that you're the only cheese the only one that can do whatever it is to do in a church or, or, or on the mission field. God has always got a Joshua coming behind. You're not indispensable. But the wonderful thing about it is that God gives you the opportunity of listening to him, of hearing him. And one day, here's the great bit, one day, when you get older too, you think you're not old now, but let me tell you, it goes phew, like that. And you're on the wee end of the stick and you know that any day soon, you're going to see the king. Your heart just wells up within you and you're getting yourself even more. Oh Lord, really apply your blood today. Really help me to walk around. Because it might be today I'm going to see you as you are, and be with you for all eternity. So we're with a Jesus. If you were the only sinner in all the world, Christ would have died for you. And he doesn't need us in the service because salvation is of the Lord. But he chose us. He has chosen to put us into service. And you know what that is? To teach, not to make you some great big, great missionary, no, it's to make you to become more like Jesus. And some of the things that we need to learn, fear thou not, Lord, I'm scared to death to go to another country, and Lord, I mightn't make it, and Lord, I don't know. I remember when I first went to Canada, have you asked somebody, well, how do you get to a certain place? Well, you go down the road there and you turn west or you turn east, and I'm sitting there, and I said, is that right or left? 
Like, I mean, I don't know where East and West is, but I know where right and left is. So I, he helps us in all of these things. And the thing is just to be totally honest with yourself. You can't do it. Don't think that you can do everything because you can't. But there's one who will enable you to do. He said, come after me, follow me. And there's one man in the Bible, and when you go home, I'm not going to preach it to you now, but when you go home, read it. And it was Elijah. Elijah, if you read the chapters, you'll read it like this. And Elijah stood before the Lord, and he heard the word of the Lord, and he went out to do it. That's what you need to do. But even in Elijah's life, there came a time in his highest peak, he, he climbed the mountain, he got a nation up the mountain with him, he got all the prophets of Baal, and he was able to preach to them the God that answers by fire, because he knew his God was quite capable of doing it, and he was delivering the message of God. Let him be God. And of course, fire fell out of heaven. And it was just after that, the man who always stood before God and heard the voice of God, suddenly he listened to another voice. And that voice was Jezebel. And because he listened to the voice, that voice said to him, I'm going to kill you. And because he listened to it, he heard, he got another message. He got another message. He wasn't standing before the Lord. He wasn't listening. But he got another voice came in. He listened to that voice. And that voice led him astray. Led him into the desert. Led him into... And then the Lord had to say, what are you doing here? Stand before me. And as he stood before the Lord again, the Lord gave him direction. So if you have listened to another voice and you're on a wrong direction, don't worry. Let... Hear what God's got to say again. Get back to where you were and say, all right, Lord, I'm sorry. I went off track. I listened to another message. Now, I remember, now, with this I'm finishing. I don't know what time it is. But I remember once in Africa, uh, I had dealings with a, a witch doctor. And she was so angry with me, she said, I'll get you. And I sort of backed away because... Like, I think I would rather have a bullet hit me as a witch doctor's all the things that they can do. But as I backed away, the Lord said to me, why are you backing away? And I thought, well, like she's going to get me sort of thing. And the Lord said, it should be her backing away. And then all of a sudden, this came to me. I've got the powerful God with me. Why am I listening to what that woman tells me? So... Don't ask me where this came from. It only came from God. That's all I can say. I looked at her and I said, I want to tell you something. I am, I was glad my boss wasn't there when I said it. I'm glad I want to let you know that you have no say over my life. I am indestructible. And when I said it, I said, where in the world did that word come from? 
Like that's, uh, I wouldn't be saying things like that. I'm indestructible because God was ministering into my heart and saying, yes, Marie, you are. Nobody can tell you you're going to die. Only me. I'm in charge of life. I'm the one who gives life and death. I'm the one here. And she didn't back back. Now, she did try her, her things on me, but it didn't work. But the thing is, even in the midst of trouble, even when you're hearing another voice, listen to the voice of God, and you'll know it because you've become acquainted with it. You know, this is the different voice. I'm hearing a different message. That person has got nothing to do. She's no, they have no say in my life. The only one who's got say in my life is God. And when you get that in, and then when you get to know the will of God, the call of God in your life, and he'll make it clear. If you want it to be clear, you pray about it. You don't run ahead. You wait on God. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength and then be still. That's the hard part. And know that I am God. If you want to really get to know, be still. Get into his presence and be still in his presence and you'll get to know God. But get acquainted with his voice. Hear from heaven. I know for sure that that when you hear that voice, all is well. May the Lord bless you. Amen.